Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, this is episode 329, Art of Owning a Nitro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who wants to go first? Me. I'm going first. All right, Kevin, do it. Because, you know, I never go first. I know. Never. Gosh. I used to say that all the Such time. Such a lucky, lucky time. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did absolutely nothing this weekend in the RC. Well, not, not entirely nothing. Almost nothing. I didn't fly. I didn't buy. I didn't try before I buy or anything like that. I was actually playing auto mechanic this weekend, and I was I had I had a muffler flange come apart on the Jeep, like you know, just two round mm-hmm. oblong circles that have two holes in them that hold two pieces of pipe together. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'll get under the Jeep sometime this weekend, and I'll you know figure out how I can fix it. I got bolts lying around. I'll just pop whatever it is out and and fix it. Dude, I am still sore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how mechanics do it, but uh, especially uh, working on your back. Oh. I it took me four hours to drill two holes out. It was like drill two one side the bolt heads popped right out, uh-huh. and they were rusted down to almost toothpicks. Like so, there was like nothing left of these bolts. The other side, I guess, it heated and you know cooled so many times that it was like a three eighths piece of solid stainless steel on each side, and it was. <laughs> Like I went through twenty drill bits oh, easily, gosh. and uh, finally figured out the best way to do it was you know start small and just slowly expand the hole. But thank God I could actually twist the one piece around because it was like coming off the header, and uh-huh. I was under and just and and it worked. I fixed it. It's been it's been fine you know ever since. But oh my God, dude, it was unbelievable. Like literally drenched in sweat, going through t-shirts mm. like four hours. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday I got up and I had to look at my sister's, uh, her car. She had the same kind of thing, but it was rot. And I had already put like a piece of like aluminum around it and some hose clamps. Mm-hmm. And I just reinforced that a little more and, and kind of fixed that. But she was like, I can't believe you're going to do this again today. And she's like, you don't have to do this. I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, might as well do it now, you know. So yeah. did did that over the weekend. Really didn't do anything except move RC stuff around. But I did get in my Maniac's batteries, which got to my house pretty quick. Um, two days, maybe? Or the next day? I think it was it was either the next day or two days. I got them very quick. They came packaged really nice. Um, I got, like, two st- sticker sheets, and they even threw a LiPo bag in, which I was, like, Ooh, amazed fancy. at. Nice. Yeah, not nice. bad at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, we'll see how the batteries are. You know, I'm, I'm not thinking they're going to be, you know, shit or anything. So I just got to put ends on them and, you know, get them up in the air. Heck yeah. So, so that's really all I did. Um, open the box, which is more than Andy did probably. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Why don't we hear from Andy? Why don't you go next, Andy? Oh, no. I guess he's not here. He's not here. Yeah, he's not here. Okay. All right. Ian, you want to go or shall I? Uh, you go ahead. 
Okay, yeah. So um, I did a bit of wrenching, I guess, uh, after after last episode. Um, kind of was trying to get all my nitros ready again. You know, the Kraken 580, I had some issues at uh, RCHO. So um, I kind of took that apart and ended up swapping the motor out just to see if it was the motor. Um, also did some work on the, the raw Nitro HD. Um, had to replace the their starter cup. Which is like the whole clutch stack mount thing. So that's right. kind of a bit of a pain, but it wasn't too bad. You know, I got it done. Um, and then I flew. I flew on on Sunday, and yeah, I uh, went to the local field with Hunter. Uh, it was great. You know, him and I just went to the field. He just likes going to the field because he can like sit there and play video games all day, and I won't bother him because I'm busy doing my thing. So, <laughs> so it kind of works out. He gets his thing, and I get my thing. So. Um, nice. it was kind of a weird day though. Like it was, a, it was a lovely day. I mean, 80 something, 85, you know, maybe a, a five mile per hour wind at best, you know, maybe gusting to 10, but like sunny with some over, you know, some clouds moving in the sky. So there are times where it kind of got overcasty, but it was still like bright out. Great day. Um, and when I got there, there was one club member there, Craig, and he was looking for something that I guess he, a canopy fell off his, uh, his T28, and um, mm-hmm. he had his Phantom Pro out there, and he was like, you know, I'm going to go find my thing. So, yeah, cool. Um, and he didn't end up finding it, so that was great. But after oh, that, cool. he ended up leaving. Like, he didn't bring anything to fly. He was just kind of like, I need to get this and then head out. Um, and then later on, this other guy, Mike, came, and I, this is the first time I met this dude. And, uh, you know, he comes out. He has a, what's that biplane? I think it's like ultimate or something like that. It's um, it's white with like a blue and orange from Horizon Hobby. Anyways, whatever that that plane is, um, he had that one and he was like trying to set it up with the manual and stuff. And I guess he had some issues and he kind of like just packed up and left. <laughs> yeah, it's a smaller. It's like thirty something inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It's like, like staggered the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if he had some issues with his radio or something, but he said, like, said, yeah, it's not going to work. So he ended up heading out. Um, yeah, so I was by myself having the whole field to myself. Um, I went through a whole gallon and some. I don't know. I had pretty much, like, probably about a gallon and a quarter or so of 22 and a half. I went through that whole gallon. Wow. Um, on the raw Nitro HD. I did have some problems with Cracking 580, the the nitro rolls, you know, they continue, and, and we'll talk about a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, I had some issues with that. Um, it wasn't starting right, and I know it's not the motor, but that that shit's pretty much brand new. So right. it's definitely what I thought originally, and something with the fuel system is just not getting fuel to the um, to the motor. Like I think I have a leak somewhere because I don't feel like the tank pressurizes enough, even though I. You know, I know the the motor wasn't running, but even when I'm cranking, like you would think it would build up some pressure, and it's just like a little, you know, when you open it. So it's not a lot. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm gonna just take apart, like, drain the fuel out, and just replace every single line. Um, I have another tank, I think, like a spare. Um, I might try to throw that in there and see, you know, or pressurize the tank and make sure it's not like leaking somehow, you know, from the grommet or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe slightly pressurize it. Yeah. If you could. Yeah, I, mean, I could take my air compressor to it and just kind of 
you know, use a little <laughs> thing and, and go for it. So, yeah, I'll try that and pressurize and see if I, I can find a leak because it's just not running. It doesn't, you know, like, I'll, like, hmm. get some fuel in there and it'll, like, kind of turn over and it'll just die. And, like, I'm talking about the piston ring. Everything is brand new. The whole bottom end is new because the whole bottom end from a different motor that, you know, it's brand new, so... Um, so yeah, I'll figure that out. But beyond that, um, I did bring, uh, I also brought the 580, flew that a whole bunch. Um, had my generator at the field, flew that, charged that a, a whole bunch. Um, I did bring a plane to the field. Really? Yeah. To crash or to fly? Well. Or both? <laughs> you know, my expectations is it's going to end in a crash, but... You know, I've always, you know, I didn't think it was going to crash this flight. I was, so I take off and I'm flying. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's a lot of controls, you know, but this is a little Balsa 3D plane. Um, precision aerobatic, probably about like 30 something in wingspan. It's not a big plane at all, profile plane. Okay. And um, I take off and it's all pitchy. And okay, I'm like, all right, it's very twitchy, you know. <laughs> So then I barely move the sticks. I'm flying around fine. And I use your, you know, Neo has the, not the Neo, but the, the well, mini V-bars. They have the uh, self-leveling, you know, um, auto trim, I guess. Auto level. Yeah. It'll auto level and it'll trim itself out. It's a trim, not a level. Um, okay. And that trimmed out and it was flying. I was flying fine. I was hovering. I was doing knife edge. I was doing all sorts of things. And I set my timer to like, I don't know, four minutes, you know, it's an airplane. Like airplanes fly forever. Like they fly for like four or five minutes, no problem. Um, it wasn't four minutes. At like two and a half minutes, I'm like, rrr, rrr, oh, I don't have throttle. All right, let me bring in for a landing. And I did. I kind of, you know, went around and I came for landing. I kind of nosed it over, but like just a little nose over. I'm like, the motor broke off and like the whole front oh, end shit. got fucked up. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. Like, I mean, I literally like came around and I have it on video. Uh, I'll clip it and, and post it um, when this episode comes out. I literally just come around and it's like, Dook! it just like tips over. And the, whole, the nose broke, the, you know, the motor broke off. And I'm like, I don't care. I have like <laughs> five other planes I, I need to fly and, and do something. with. I'm like, oh, well, this one's goner. So, but uh, yeah, so another, another plane. Has met his demise with under my hands, at the hands of Steve. Sorry, that poor plane never saw it coming. <laughs> no, it did. <laughs> it took off. It was like, woo, woo, woo. he's like, oh shit, I'm in for a rough ride. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll post that video. I'll, I'll edit that video up and post it. Um, beyond that, I ordered a dumpster. Um, my upstairs bathroom was leaking. So, like, the shower was leaking, so we'd stop using it. And so I ordered a dumpster. It came on Monday. And, of course, Monday after work, I started tearing the bathroom apart. So I'm renovating a bathroom. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh joy. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just going to be simple, like, pull the shower out, fix the, the leak, replace whatever lines, and, you know, and and then... Put a new shower in, new bathtub shower combo, new vanity, new toilet, paint and floor. Are you gutting the walls too? No, I'm gutting just around oh, okay. the tub. Okay. Just so that I can get around, like, you know, 
the the mounting points for the tub and the, the shower backsplash three piece thing whatever um so yeah i need to cut that wall a little bit but yeah it's not too bad i um, almost laughed when you said simple renovation yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what the hard part is and which I, I need to do and i need to learn to do is um the floor is not level it like slopes towards one side and you know i can try to pull the subfloor out and like i don't know try to trim it i don't know um but the easiest method is you can seal the floor and then you can do self-leveling concrete and just pour like a couple millimeters of that to you know self-level itself yeah so uh, i think that's the plan um i'm gonna once i get the the leak taken care of and make sure everything's dry and there's no issues there um yeah i'll seal everything up and and yeah pour some concrete level the floor then i got vinyl you know like that life proof waterproof vinyl flooring put that down in vanity and yeah god back to home depot welcome to home depot episode again right <laughs> but yeah i'm hoping to get it done in about two weeks you know without taking too much time off i do have tomorrow and 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 thursday off to do the major part of like taking the tub out and fixing that leak you know um so i took a couple of days to do that but but beyond that, I should be able to get the rest done during the, the night hours, I guess. Nice. Cool. Yeah, fun stuff. Freaking expensive, too. Things aren't cheap yeah. in this program. <laughs> really aren't. I got the kids moving out of here probably in two weeks. Do they have furniture? Maybe three. And I can't wait to start ripping the floors up over here, man. What can't kind of floors wait you have to now? see what's underneath it. The whole second floor has got carpet. It's all coming out. Okay. And uh, but it's like you said, it's wavy in spots. I can hear. Mm. You can hear where they missed the the joists with the nail guns because it's like you hear the creaking uh, on the in the other bedroom. And whenever the idiot roommate's walking around, I can hear the floors creaking. And wow. it's because they probably didn't take their time and get it done right. And so. it's not even that. It's no one uses nails anymore. You got to use screws. Like nails will eventually back out. Yeah. Well, this house was built uh, 2006, so yeah. I'm sure, and I'm sure it was quickest. Yeah. You know, slap it together type right, thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I can't wait for that expense. So what are you gonna do? Vinyl flooring or hardwood flooring? Or if it's hardwood flooring, would you just renovate, like restore it? No, I'm positive there's not hardwood underneath this. Okay. Um, but I want to see what's on. I want to see what the subfloor looks like because it it seems like walking on it they used like every different dimension of plywood that's imaginable. <laughs> and so what I want to do is see if I can get something uniform, and then we're doing that. Uh, you know that 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 uh, you know like life proof, like you're saying. Yeah, uh, they're snap together. Yeah. Yeah, those things are awesome, man. I I did the laundry room. It looks great and it's holding up fantastic. And lifetime warranty yeah. too. So. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I um, did the vinyl. I did the vinyl stick down version of that in in a house in Jersey, and it it actually held up for for a really really long time. It's not, you know, scrapes and stuff like that will yeah. show up over time. And yeah. it's you know, not waterproof. The, this stuff is waterproof, which is key. Right. And where the rug meets, you know, you pull that back and, and whatever, you know, you could see like a little bit of discoloration. 
but for right. the most part, for the price, and you know, I just threw down like quarter inch Luan and then went over the whole thing with the vinyl. It uh, that's it what my bathroom is. Good. They have that quarter inch Luan and, and then all the vinyl, like just like a vinyl yeah. sheet. And oh my god, there's so many staples. They use staples to pull that push, you know, to hold that Luan to, to the subfloor. Oh, they stapled it. Yeah. So when I rip the the Luan off, because I'm gonna be putting in like plank floor that's like a quarter inch thick or whatever it is, um, I was like, holy crap! There's like all the splintering wood because you know Luan's like really cheap plywood. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that. Like, there's all these little staples. And I'm talking about, like, the guy went, like, like this. Like, it's just, like, rows of it. Getting paid by the staples. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, seriously. Like, you know, wanting to use all the staples so they could, like, go refill it or some shit. Like, I mean. You're lucky that you can get it up, though, because the I used liquid nails. And a lot of people use liquid nails. Yeah, yeah. cut down, and then that's not coming up. Yeah. Yeah, you're ripping this up floor with it. Um yeah, so I'm lucky that that came up, and and you can tell like the floor has like, not the floor, but the subfloor, like you know where the joist is. It's like oh, it's nice and high and sturdy, and it's like <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so yeah, so that's why I gotta seal mine and, and level it. I don't think that's uncommon on second floor homes. I mean, this is yeah. the first floor home I've had to have second floor. I mean, I had right. had the garage in Jersey and then a room above it, but that had like oak hardwood on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no waviness. Plus, it wasn't that large. It was only a single car garage, you know, with. Yeah, I don't think it's that uncommon, though. Yeah. So, well, hopefully that works out. But, yeah, enough of Home Depot. Home Depot right. crap. Um, Ian, what you got? Well, I missed uh, last week's show because uh, yeah. while I was dealing with uh, back trouble, I've just been having some back pain that's been kind of, you know, just increasing over the, like the past couple of weeks and it was, it was hurting by the time I got home and it's like, you know what, I'm going to take some ibuprofen, take the night off. And I went, I came home, I went to sleep. I didn't wake up until like freaking midnight. Um, but, um, just been working like crazy. Um, I did get in some parts. Uh, I ended up, I just ordered like, uh, some glow plugs and, um, nice. some switch rotor blades. I ended up get going with the, the six ninety threes, um, for the black nitro and nice. And of course I made it to uh discord. Um, actually the past couple Fridays I was on discord and it was a lot of fun as always. Good few, few people on there. Uh, just BSing. Yeah. Um, fast forward all the way to Saturday. I ended up going to a fun fly. Oh heck yeah! What'd you go to? Um, I went to uh, Rotors Over the Corn over in uh, Waverly, Nebraska. It's uh, the the event was held by um, you know, the Midwest Heli Boys, um, nice. which is a collaboration between you know, a group of guys up there in the the Council Bluffs area and a couple people down here that also you know had you know, gotten together and helped to start an event, which they started that in, like, 2017. And, of course, last year they had lost their field. So they were able to actually get together with a, with a local club that one of them had joined. And, you know, they beautiful field. Um, turnout 
was pretty good. Um, we ended up, uh, I think the final pilot count was, um, <clears throat> was 23 people. Um, got to meet up with a few people, uh, right. As soon as I got there, you know, met up with, uh, uh, Sean White, uh, and Shit, the snowboarder. Huh? Flies RC Hellies? No, not a different Sean White. Huh? A different Sean White. Yeah, different Sean White. Okay. Sorry, Um, Sorry, my bad. Of course, uh, Dwayne Dwayne Six, um, and then of course Keith Williams was there. Um, Oh, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, and then um, and of course David Hoskins was there, and I also met up with the only other podcaster in the Midwest, um, Steve O'Connor from. Maximum Collective, and uh, what a great dude. Nice. Dude is an absolute riot on the sideline. You know, yeah. Nice. Somebody, oh, yeah. The, the dude was fucking hilarious. Oh, awesome. Um, also met uh, Josh Moen. I uh, had some lengthy conversations with him. Uh, he's he's up in, like, the Minnesota, Minneapolis area. Um, yeah, lots of great flying down there, and... Uh, Let's see. Uh, as I ended up starting off, you know, flying the Drake, I put a couple flights in on the Drake, and um, and then shortly after is when the drag racing started. Which I've done drag passes. You know, I've worked on them on the sim. Uh, which I got to give a huge sh- shout out to Gucci because he kind of worked with me on that one when I was like wanting to, you know, just you know try the drag passes. So the next time I show up to an event and they're doing drag races, I could participate. Mm-hmm. Well, that I did. There's a couple of the passes I did that I did win. Other than that, everybody got off the line better than I did. Um, I ended up cranking up my head speed to like 2,300. And I, I mean, my passes weren't horrible. It's just everybody was better at it than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you look pretty good. Uh, Close contender. Yeah, because like the video I showed you guys, which I'll end up linking that onto our Facebook page, but um, that one was against Josh Moen, which I did not even stand a chance saying that that dude could fucking rip. Um, I ended up winning one pass out of like all the the pulls that I did, and then at the the last very bit, I ended up going to Dave Hoskins like, dude, I've got enough battery for one more rip. He's like, let's just do a sudden death and let's see which one wins. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. He called me out. So we get on the line and we take off and I hear a bunch of guys, you know, just like, whoa, your tracking is like way off. I ended up winning and course you know brought it back i ended up going to the bench and then some time had passed and i went to do something and i noticed the the uh the grip arm on the actual blade grip was like floppy loose it it was downright loose i don't know how the hell i did not confetti this machine but it was yeah it was pretty bad like crazy out of track (laughs) It was bad enough that I went ahead and I I had to essentially rebuild the entire rotor head at the fun fly. Just That's the one um, thing about the Black Thunder head that I ne- and it always irked me to get to that bolt. You had to take the whole head apart, main grip mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And considering since I had everything apart, I may as well just go ahead and relock tight everything because 
really, I haven't had to do very much to the machine. The only, I mean, my mishap at um, Spring Fling, I mean, I checked over the bearings, and I did replace the bearings just for the hell of it. But mm-hmm. other than that, other than what I've, you know, unbolted to take care of that, that's all that got Loctited. So I stripped the whole thing down and just went and went through and re-Loctited it. Yeah. Um, Good I idea. Did, huh? <laughs> Good oh, idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering, you know, who knows how long Loctite really holds, especially the vibrations that he's put off. So, um, I ended up getting some pulls on the the NX4, which, again, Steve O'Connor, as I'm getting ready to take off with the NX4, all I hear playing over the PA is Baby Shark. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, that fucking song was stuck in my head for, like, an hour. So, so did uh, you jam with it? Seat. I want to jam with it. I want to, like, <laughs> try to do something with the song. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a little difficult with the NX4 because uh, we had a, you know, we had some winds going on up there. We had a, mm. a storm front go through, so it was, like, 15, 20-mile-an-hour winds at times. So oh, okay. it was a little wow. tough uh, with the NX4. But uh, shortly after the NX4 flight... We ended up doing the the memorial hover for uh, Steve Jordan, which passed away. Uh, he was the groundskeeper for um, the guys over in the Council Bluffs area um, for their field. Um, and then after that, pilot's dinner, which was delicious. And, uh, what was uh, on the menu? It was tacos. Tacos. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, Sean's wife, Terry, put, you know, had did up tacos and everything, which was awesome. Thanks again, Terry. Absolutely delicious as always. And if you need help in the kitchen, you know, don't be afraid to call me. Um, and then after that, we ended up getting uh, the Black Nitro all tuned up. And I have to say, I think I found my new favorite heli. But then again, I'm still going to have to, you know, I like the ones I've got flying, but oh my God. Like that something about black nitro, black man. Nitro. Something about oh, nitro, man. but black nitro, a nitro seven hundred, man. It, it, I mean, black nitro is great. Don't get me wrong, and so is the raw. But any seven hundred nitro, they're just oh, they're so great in the air. Oh yeah, and I, it, it's my first, you know, nitro seven hundred that I've flown, and uh, I mean, even when it's under load, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still pulling like a freight train. Versus, you know, some, you know, something that as small as what I've been flying for like the past three years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the NX4 still has its place in my fleet no matter what, because I mean, shit, it gets like twenty flights to the gallon. I mean, it's <laughs> That's <ridiculous>. crazy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But I will say, with like the the black nitro, it's like stepping up from a Honda Civic to a fucking Scat Pack. Yeah. So. <laughs> But I ended up getting some pulls on that, um, and then, of course, you know, once the sun went down, a lot of uh, there was some, there was some hard hardcore flying, especially uh, Keith Williams' flight. He threw down. Nice. Uh, Did they have lights or spotlights? Yeah, they they had the, they had a couple uh, light towers for the okay, for the cool. night flying, and you know there was there was some flying going on. I mean, for real, like Keith. I swear, since he went to RCHO, 
it's like he brought a piece of RCHO back because holy shit, that flight. He had no mercy for that Nimbus. Like, <laughs> He's like, um, I got parts. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he smacked the shit out of it. But one of the biggest highlights of that flight, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's, you know, kind of crowded, you know, in the pit, you know, just watching. And he's doing like the little flip, and then he touches the skids. He flips, touches skids, yeah, flips, little skid bumps, and then yeah. smashes it against the ground. And then I thought for sure it was done because you just see pieces fly into the crowd. Mm. And then you know, of course, I I get back and look, he's still flying. It's like holy shit! And what had happened is he's when he hit, he hit too hard and put the the skids right into the ground, and then this of course the skids went up and into the blades. Ooh. So there was like a big old chunk missing out of his blades, and he just kept flying. He landed it for a second, and like, the I way, <laughs> like the way they broke, I I don't know if it's just the you know, the, the shape of the heli or the, you know, the way the skids broke, but he's able to land with the tail not touching the ground. Of course, he looked it over real quick, and he's like, hmm, flies it again. He just continued beating the shit out of it to drain the battery. But all that was damaged on it was just the the skids and the blades and yeah it it was a badass flight so it, no other way to describe it and then uh, oh geez like I will say like that field um, got to meet up with uh, Dwayne Sykes some more and of course he uh, introduced me to uh, the club president over there which he had became a club member and that's when they pitched the idea for the for the fun flying and everything. The field is like really, really open. It's like a, <clears throat> there's like a tree line on either side, but it doesn't go all the way into the like the flying area on one side, but it's pretty well open. Okay. They actually got a clubhouse on site. Um, no running water, but they did have like some hookups for the campers. Plenty of room for campers actually. Um but they are going to be eventually updating, you know, the the hookups because there's just they feel that there isn't enough power to actually, you know, run as many hookups as they got. So um, they do plan on trying to grow the event and everything. And I definitely have to give uh, special thanks to uh, the guys at uh, uh, Lincoln Sky Knights uh, RC Club because I. They were, you know, willing to uh, host the event there, and also, you know, another big shout out for uh, Midwest Heli Boys. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys put on another great event, and you know, that's usually the one that I look forward to in my local area every year. And you know, hell of a job, and I wish to see that event grow. Heck yeah! Uh, I know one other thing. Sunday morning. I went to do a pull on the black nitro because it's just like, ah, oh, this is going to be my chance. Winds were like three mile an hour, like hardly any winds. Of course, everybody was getting pulls out there, you know, before they packed up and headed home. Okay. I, I went out there. I did like a kind of a chill flight. It wasn't really too aggressive, but I was just doing like, you know, some flips, some rolls, did a few half pyros and some TikToks. And I, as I was doing like a, um, yeah, I would typically do like kind of a slow but smooth, you know, I'd <clears throat> do like a, you know, flip it backwards where it was like inverted and then I'll punch it out to bring it right side up. And as it's, you know, slowly coming back down in kind of a tail slide motion, that's when I would throw it into like a half pyro. 
Well, as I was coming back down into that tail slide, my tail kicks out like 180 degrees and then just starts spinning the other way. And talk about my stomach was in my fucking throat. I don't know what happened. All I know is once I hit throttle hold, I just kept just kept the whole thing level as it came down. I just let it come down where it was going to land. No damage. Um, nice. But nice. as I go to walk up on it, um, tail servos like non-responsive. It's not even. It's not seized or stuck. It was just dead. There's no juice going to it. So it's like, well, what the hell? And so I bring it to the bench. You know, me, Keith, and. Um, uh, David Hoskins take a look at, you know, we all took a look at it and we're, we're just kind of thinking the same thing. Maybe it was just like a short in the servo extension in there or something. So it's like, ah, screw it. I'll just load it up and, you know, I'll take a look at it on the bench. Well, fast forward to the last night, I actually got it on the bench and I just, not a curious, I powered it up. So, servo works. No problems. I've shook the hell out of the, out of the actual heli. Nothing. I reached my finger up into you know, into the boom and try wiggling the wires around. Still working. So hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take it apart and see if I can't find, you know, maybe if there's like a, a nick in the wire where it's grounding out somewhere. I don't know. Maybe uh, do like what you suggested, Steve, like actual wiggle the wires at the base of the servo. Start and see from if the servo all the way up. <clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. There's got to be a, an actual explanation why that servo quit in flight and yeah, that would totally suck. You know, four and a half flights and just completely demolished. That would totally sucks. But luckily I, uh, was able to auto it down and I, I've had decent luck at doing forced autos, but ask me to do an auto. I won't do an auto. <laughs> now auto inverted. Inverted auto. Right now. Go outside. <laughs> do it in the dark. <laughs> you first, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can't see it. <laughs> but, yeah. No, overall, man, I had a great weekend. I wish I could have stayed more than just one day up there. But, mm-hmm. you know, those guys really killed it. But I will say, you know, we there was a few people that weren't there that I would expect to be there. Um, um, which, one of them, he's been in the Discord chat, you know, Eric Bonfig. He's actually out because he had rotator cuff surgery. So, We'll definitely have to meet up with him on on the next during the next event. He couldn't make it out. Uh, there was a there was a few other people I you know I didn't see, but I did meet uh, Adam Small from uh, Mile High. You know, Heli Throwdown. Um, he's the one that usually puts on that event out in uh, Longmont, uh, Colorado. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, great dude. Uh, nice. He actually brought out a. A Gowie R5, and he d- did some speed passes. And then uh, uh, I did see uh, Josh Moen on the sticks on uh, one of the speed runs. And if I do remember correctly, I think they uh, sausaged out a uh, a pack out of uh, out of one of those flights. He said it was out of commission. He ran out of batteries. So. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. They, I guess he only brought like a set of batteries for it, and. I guess on the last run, the the battery puffed. Which I imagine in a speed machine, you know, hauling that much ass, that's probably pretty easy to happen. So, 
Yeah, man, speed, it beats upon everything on the helicopter, but you're just pushing <laughs> oh, it, yeah. you know, you're pushing way beyond what that helicopter really wants to be at, but yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but that, I'll, I'll leave it at that as far as my week, it was definitely a good one, great to decompress and get some flights out of my system, so. Yeah, man, sounds like a great time you guys had, so good. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So are you done? Decomposing? I mean, <laughs> decompressing? Yeah. I, I'm decompressed. I, I feel refreshed, rejuvenated. Cool. Cool, man. No, that sounds like I had a great time, dude. That's Absolutely. cool. Even, you know, our first fun fly was 19 pilots and the free fall one. And, mm-hmm. dude, it's just, it only gets bigger from there. And, yep. you know, 23 is not, not a bad showing. And, you know, everybody has a good time, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indeed, we all did. I mean, yeah, Saturday was probably, like, the, the windiest out of all that. You know, I mean, there was guys that, you know, had shown up Thursday and were just, you know, cranking out flights. They said that, the, you know, they said that Thursday and Friday, I mean, the winds were, like, non-existent. And then, of course, you know, when I drove up, I went through the storm front that went through and, we were kind of dodging rain here and there, but it wasn't really too big of a deal. It rained for like five, ten minutes, and then we just start going out flying again. But overall, it was it was a great time. Awesome, man. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. All right. Let's move it on to the main topic. Okay. All right. So the art of owning a nitro. What is the art of owning a nitro? Do you want to know the secrets? You guys all want to know the secret? I know the I secret. I want to know the secrets. I want to know like what's been, if there's anything changed, if it's, you know. Nope. I have I have that, uh, that logo, but it's in Jersey, and I haven't seen it in a year. Well, I saw it last year when I went back, but uh, once I bring everything down, I'll, I'll at least have it down here. But. Um, and I miss flying it, dude. I really do, because it was uh, a good flying machine, and I think that can be said of, you know, all those larger nitros, larger helis. Yep. But yeah, so I wanted to hear all about the art of nitro. Okay. <laughs> so it's not really the art of nitro, right? Because there's books on it, and there's tuning people. You know, you ask people to help you tune it and stuff. Like, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. Right. But how 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 do you become successful that you don't pull your hair out when you want to fly nitro, right? And I found what the secret was. You need to bring three or more nitros to the field, oh, and <laughs> and out of those three or four nitros, one of them will fly and will put a big ass smile on your face, and you'll be like, "I love nitro," even though those other two were sitting there rang, 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 rang for half an hour and you couldn't figure it out. Whatever. That one was flying and nitro's awesome. So, yep. Fuck yeah. That was a secret. Sorry. That was the whole thing. That's <laughs> it? Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it really is. It really is. Because nitros are temperamental. Um, each helicopter is going to be different, right? Um, depending on maintenance, right? So, like, as an example, my Kraken 580. That thing's been solid for, like, 100 and some of my flights. And then now it's just been, like, problematic, problematic, problematic. And, you know... Um, fix it, or I thought I fixed it, bring it to the field, and no, right? So it's been two times like this, two times going to the field. Now, 
if I just brought the Kraken 580, because that's the only nitro I had, and then I brought some electrics, I'd be like, I mean, let's, you know, not say names, but I'll be a certain person and be like, what, nitro? No, I don't, I, nah, nah. it's too messy. I don't want that, none of that stuff anymore. Because like, I could plug me. in a battery and fly and not have any problems. But if you have two, maybe three, maybe even four, um, and you bring it to the field, damn straight, one of them is going to fly. <laughs> you know, and then, and then you can take, take the next weekend or whatever, take the week to, to wrench on the other ones wider and not flying, you know, and try to figure it out. But bringing more nitros is, in my opinion, the only way that you're going to be set up for success with nitro, um, you know. And I brought I brought three nitros to the field, Kraken 580, Nitro Raw HD, and my regular Raw Nitro 700. The Raw 700 Nitro did not even come out of the truck. I didn't need to. I took the 580, wasn't starting, not enough pressure in the tank, something seems off, whatever, put it back in the truck, pull out the next one. That that raw nitro HD was solid, you know. Bass needle tunes like did not tune the motor for shit. Thing was pulling like a freight chain, anyways. And that was it. I was like, all right, flight after flight. I went through three receiver packs that day, <laughs> like three twenty five hundred receiver packs, about whatever three flights each or something like that. Damn. And I'm just banging through them, you know. And it's like performing, like boom, 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 every flight. That's you know the motor sounds good, like everything is just it's it's hitting hard, it's hitting good. Like I don't need any other nitro. Two was two was enough today. But <laughs> when I went to RCH show the previous weekend, that was not the case. You know, I had three nitros and the five eighty didn't fly. The the raw nitro HD did fly once, but then I I you know rounded out the damn starter cup. Um, so that was out of commission. So I busted out the third nitro, and then I threw like two or three flights on that. You know the rest of the day, and I was good. So, yeah, bring a lot of nitros to the field. So, dude, let me ask you something. Yeah. In the seven hundred size, do you have all the same motors uh, in those? Um, I do have both the same motors on the two that I brought. So, like the raw nitro HD and the raw seven hundred nitro, both have one hundred fives in them. Um, but the one on the raw nitro is the uh, the black edition. Or the gold edition, I call it black edition. The gold edition, right. and it's um, and I it's, it's it has a shim for a thirty percent, while the other motor is still shim for twenty two and a half. So the reason why I'm doing this, I'm converting all everything to thirty percent, but I still have about a, two cases or a case and a half worth of twenty two. So I need a motor to run twenty two to burn that up. So okay. So once I burn that up, I'll put the shim, and everything will be thirty. And I'm just gonna buy thirty from then on because. Uh, it's annoying having two different fuel jugs and, you know, having yeah, two, yeah. two different fuels. So, <clears throat> especially because I fly that 55 and that can only really run on a, on a 30%. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about sizes though. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean nitros are expensive. Helicopters are expensive, right? Like, you know, I, I'm blessed. I can have whatever. I have four nitros or five nitros, you know, uh, that over time I've I've collected right. I sell my black nitro, you know, and I have a I have a NX4 as well, um, you know. But and then I have my raw nitros, you know, and all my other my newer I guess nitros. But um, you know, I'm lucky that I'm able to have so many that are flying, right? But maybe you're not, and then you know, 
what is the what is the right number of nitros? I, you know that that I, a normal person I would say um, should expect or could get. You know, like what are your thoughts on that? I would like to have a smaller one now that they're like, I don't know. For me, it was always like seven hundred was the nitro size. Like, and now that I'm seeing a lot more five hundred size, five fifty sizes, or whatever, five eighty sizes, the five fifty six hundred size, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to try that because that oh that size always, to me, was always interesting. Like the smaller, yeah. And you, know, you used to love your engine. like your Goblin five seventy, right? So it'd be that size, you know. Yeah, your Oxy five size, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your Oxy five stretch, right? It's that size. So for me, just having one right now, mm-hmm. that's a seven hundred size, six ninety size. It, you know, it'd be cool to get a smaller one just to to uh, have both of those sizes, yep. see which I liked. Yep. But it would also be cool to get another 700 size. Yeah. Something, something, something more 105. Because mm-hmm. I have that 91 in the 690, which I love. I mean, that motor's been, been great. Solid, right? With it. Yeah. yeah. I literally have never touched the needle since we set it up, and it was always running really well. Yep. But, of course, I'm not tuning it maybe that's what scares people a lot too from getting into it is the constant tuning or they hear about tuning but i don't think you have to chase that really if if you're you know it depends what kind of what you know it depends what, what you're asking a helicopter to do like what maneuvers you can do that will tax right. the helicopter right tax the motor so um you know if you're just if you're putting around and doing sport flying and stuff like yeah that's fine you could be rich and you know be perfectly fine. Be be you know the engine be running nice and cool. You you know things won't be wearing down quick. You know so so it'll last. It'll last well. Um, I think what also scares people away or just gives them a little bit of a you know pause to getting into nitro is that whole you know it's human nature to be afraid of something you've never done or the unknown oh, yeah. or whatever. And yeah, or you, you hear know, a hot starts or just a cost. And it's <laughs> cost and it's definitely it's definitely different in. The procedure, like you plug a battery in, you know, you unlock and you hit your, you know, throttle hold off and whatever, you know, you're, you go through it idle and you get the electric in the air. This to me, you know, you have the glow igniter, you have to get it going. Uh-huh. There's, you know, there's idle, you know. Yeah. You're, it's more, there's, for, for me, maybe it's because I don't fly it every weekend. You know, I'm not Dan Renane, but there's more of a thought process that goes through, okay, what's the next step here? You know, starting it and then, is it, am I in like normal mode or whatever, you know, to, to get it going at first yeah. or whatever. And you have your, you know, your, your throttle, your idle adjust uh, knob, which I've set up on the V control. But yeah, there's, that, there's a little more to it, you know, that, and I, I think there's also another element to it. You know, you're not dealing with the ESC and motor. I mean, you you've got a whole separate other, you know, item to deal with, you know, if there's any type of uh, troubleshooting or maintenance, um, you know, what if it decides to not start? What if it, you know, say oh, yeah. if you're having, you know, trouble getting it started, probably one of the first things, you know, you can check is like, you know, glow plugs, you know, is that, is that right. fouling up? Is it flooded? You know, you yep. pull out the wrench, pull out the glow plug, see what's going on. Um, I mean, there's a thousand I mean, different troubleshooting steps, you know, we can kind of go over, um, but there's more of a mechanical aspect to the motor itself. I mean, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a 
part that's yeah that's way harder or way like that learning curve or the the, the part that people could be scared of right is right. is the oh uh, you know you have this engine that can blow up and and how do you tune it how do you maintain <laughs> it realistically how do you, you know? there's not much to it i mean you and i no. both, every, all, all three of us have had the motors apart on these things it's you know it's a case a top a piston a ring a crank i mean there's really nothing there's like six pieces in that it's motor. like if you know how a combustion engine works it's like yeah. the most basic combustion engine you can get you know like there's no Absolutely. valves or nothing it's all just done through you know a two-stroke right. engine design so there's, there's no oil tank there's yeah that. right there's it's nothing just, yeah. yeah yeah um but so kind of going back to the original question how many nitros are enough what do you think ian Oh boy. Well, I'm up to four right now. So, you know, <laughs> one of them's a shelf queen. I'm not even sure if I should count that one. No, if you're not going to fly that. I yeah. think I would be happy with one more Nitro 700. Um, I've got a 580 uh, Kraken Nitro on my bench right now that I'm getting ready to, you know, be neck deep, neck deep in that build. So, yeah. All right. So, if I were to answer that question, how many nitros are enough? The question is, it's, it's how many, how much can you afford to be yeah. early, right? Like the more you have, the less you're going to be worried about like, oh man, this doesn't work. And now I can't fly nitro because you brought two or three, even if you only bring two, right? Like, you know that like, yeah, I can't fly nitro today, but you know, you can shelf these two and pick up that third one and, and possibly get a flight in, right? So um yeah it's it really is no there's a trick question there really is no answer to it it's it's how many you can basically have bring to your field um because one of them will fly you know and it is a lot more to maintain but i don't know i don't mind maintaining helicopters i think uh especially the nitro aspect it's it's greasy and messy and dirty and blah 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 but I don't know. It's kind of like when you work on a car or when you work on something, but like it's on a smaller scale. It's so easy to be successful because it's so many less parts than like taking a Miata apart, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's so easy to put it back together and be successful. And like, ran that thing starts on the first time. You're like, holy shit, I put this thing together right, you know? It's a living, breathing machine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard Nitro has soul. I heard that term mm-hmm. early on in the hobby and yeah it's very true it's kind of like a you could drive a you know you could drive a four-cylinder to work or you could drive a freaking 57 chevy with you know yeah 354 speed or whatever you could drive that to work too why would you drive it because you can you know yeah yeah because it's cool you know a lot of people are like well i don't want to mess with nitro it's too expensive blah blah And, and you know what totally 100% you're right <laughs> it's expensive it is a pain yeah. in the ass it's not worth it but if you're one well, of those people that like to fly nitro holy crap it's worth it every time you get that flight yeah I wouldn't say it's not worth it because yeah. it's pretty amazing well I mean you know I think it's like I keep on thinking of people that don't like nitros and because they don't own it or they used to own it but you know maybe back in the day it was a lot different and harder I think with the OS motors and even with a, a YS Especially with the power tune, but even the YS, they're pretty reliable motors. They don't, if you don't go crazy lean on them, they just, they run, you know, and, and just, you need to manage your power. You need to manage the power that it's giving you. And that's the part that's the breathing part of the motor that people who fly electrics will never understand. Will never understand. And, and people who fly nitro, like, hey, I'm an electric flyer, but I, I'll 
fly someone's nitro for one flight, we'll still never yeah. understand. Right. There's a finesse to it. Yeah. And there's something that just comes after multiple flying. And, and it's definitely that, a different yeah. style of flying. It really is. Yeah. It changes uh, your flying. I don't flying. know if style is the right word, but. I would say well, that it changes your flying style just a tad, you know, because you, you have to manage the collective differently. So Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you get some time on the, you know, on a nitro, you know, I don't know, try just give nitro a try for like a month or so, or two. Yeah, I mean, by you'll notice one, you'll notice a difference the motor and because go for I mean, it. you can't just crank on it like you would an electric I mean, I mean well, electrics you can give them collective all day and they'll take it. Yeah. Nitro, you you got to do it just right. Yeah. So buy your nitro, get it set up. If you don't like it, Ian's looking for another one. You can sell it to Ian. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm always down to oh buy used God. motors from people that don't, you know, they didn't get yeah. much time on it because they don't like it. I'm okay with that. Um, so Steve, for my own <coughs> personal interest, mm-hmm. if I was if I was looking to do uh, a 600 size, what what motor would you recommend? Uh, OS 55 HDR all the way. Now, I know some YS folks will be like, YS60, you got to do the YS60. The OS55, man, you tune that, like, marginally in range, it'll fly like that for hundreds of flights without maintenance. Okay. You know, it's like your 91. Like, you know, you said, like, yeah, you yeah. got it tuned okay. And it, like, every time you fly, it flies great. It doesn't matter the weather so much because it's rich enough that it can handle more denser air or vice versa, you know? But it's also lean enough that you, you can fly it and you're not going to bog and then, you know, stall the motor out. Right. So, right. yeah. Okay, um, but curious. talking about sizes, right. You brought up size. That's a good kind of transition into like um, talking about having multiple nitros. Is it better to have like, you know, a 700, the 105s and or 91s or 120s, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever size motor you want to put in your 700 size or your 90 size nitro. Or is it better to have like maybe two six hundred size nitros? You I think know, it's just uh, I think it's really personal preference on that one. Um, I don't know. With my NX four, I've been loving that machine because I mean, obviously, it gets like you know twenty something flights per gallon, That's so it's nuts. it's ridiculously <laughs> great. Yeah. Perfect little truck bird. I mean, you could throw it in the back of your car, and if you find a place you want to fly, it's like you can yank that that bad boy out and go fly. Nice. Um, the Nitro Seven Hundred. I will say, I think that's a fantastic size. I mean, that is like my all time new favorite. Um, I haven't flown a six hundred size Nitro. Hopefully, that'll change soon because of you know that over there on my bench. Um, so really, I think, I don't know, I think it's a personal preference. You know, me, I'm still trying out the different sizes. Um, and really, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I I like Nitro. Oh, I love Nitro. You know, oh. it's, it's it's one of those things that like, you know, like, talking about flying and going out to the field, I'm so excited about it seven years into this hobby, you know. I'm so excited about it. I still like love going to the field and flying. And even if I'm, I'm by myself, you know, without the camaraderie, you know, I'm, I'm still okay with just flying. And I find myself when I fly electrics, I kind of get bored. And I don't know why. It's not that like, 
the helicopter's not great. Obviously, the helicopter can do everything I ask it to do. Maybe I get bored because I'm limited to what I can do, right? So it ends up being like when I fly to Nitro, I'm still doing the same maneuvers. I'm still doing the same thing, but because I'm slowing everything down and I'm constantly trying to keep the helicopter moving because it's like Nitro's a momentum type of helicopter. Like if you want to fly it fast, you have to fly it with momentum. That like, um, I don't know. I'm just having way more fun doing that. And like I could bust out the same exact flight on electric, but the way the power comes in, the way that it talks back to you, like or the lack of it talking back because it just can you know can power through anything, um, it doesn't have that. I don't get that joy out of it. It's weird. I don't understand. I don't know how. I can't quantify it. I just it doesn't. If I didn't get into nitro, I probably would get bored almost of this hobby. To be honest, like. You know, Nitro gave me that, like, um, rejuvenation, I guess, whatever, four years ago or whatever. I tried that, you know, that Align 700, you know, Nitro, the the V1. Right. Um, and then got the N7. Like, I, you know, got the, like, I was sold after those two helicopters. Done. Nitro's my shit, you know. Um, and But always had issues, right? Like, I'm learning, so I always had issues. It's, it's costly to, to learn Nitro. It's costly to have issues with Nitro, but... Gosh, once you get it going, man, it doesn't matter. The money, all that shit about money, all that shit about, like, it's $7 a flight. Like, it's so expensive. Like, whatever. I don't fucking care. I don't care. It's $5 a gallon now. I don't fucking care anymore. I mean, $5 a gallon for, or for you know, 87 fucking, pre, you know, unleaded fuel. Like, whatever. $7 a flight. I don't care. I just, you know, it, it brings me happiness. And can you quantify that with money, really? So. No. I guess Absolutely I could. Not. $40 a gallon. <laughs> Whatever it is, $45 a gallon. To me, I mean, really, it's the sound and the smell because, you know, back when my dad was in the hobby, you know. Brings back memories, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, I feel the hobby went full circle with me, you know, considering, you know, that's what you flew back then. There was, I mean, yeah, there was electrics, but, you know, they were powered by NICAD and, you know, yeah. they weren't really everywhere. Um <laughs> Uh, I imagine, you know, some popular hobby areas probably did have a, you know, like the Logo 10 and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But everybody ran Nitro. They typically, you know, had anything from like, you know, a 30 size all the way up to like a 90. It's yeah. typically what we had in my area. But, you know, it's, you know, it's the sound, it's the smells. Um, and then, of course, you know, it, it the collective management is enough to, you know, sell me yeah I, I, it just takes a a bit more you know gives you a little bit more uh aspect to the hobby i mean what you can pull off onto other machines you know makes you that much better of a pilot yeah it definitely does with the collective management i mean that's you know everyone says it. that goes without a doubt that it makes you a better pilot because you it forces you to um oh yeah you know um, you know, some would differ and say, well, I can set up my Spectre V2 to run 1400 and it'll feel like a Nitro or 1500 and feel like a Nitro. And, and it, it probably would, you know, and I think my Puma, it's light like a Nitro, but it's not, it's too quick to be a Nitro. Like it's way too quick off center. It doesn't have that like ramp up that Nitro has, you know, 
Um, yeah, there's more of an analog aspect to nitrogen. Yeah. You know? And that's what... Mm-hmm, that's a good analogy. Because analog is like it can build up and come down. Like it's a wave, right? It's a moving wave. Yeah. While digital is like on or off, on or off. And that's what I feel like electrics. I'm like on or, on the collective or off the collective. Like it's just like pa pa pa, you know? Like it's just it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but nitro, like it, it's very smooth. It smooths out your flying. It smooths out your maneuvers and stuff. It, yeah. And yeah, it's a good analogy. I like that, the analog versus digital. Um, but yeah, I think owning a 600 size is actually a really good idea, a 55. Um, fuel economy is primarily the thing. Crash costs, secondary. And then the third thing is um, overall, like, yeah, the airframe might be, you know, it's not like I can buy two 600 airframes or 580 airframes for the price of one 700. But... It's almost like that for the motor, though. <laughs> like the motor's like three hundred bucks, I think, or three fifty with a pipe, or four hundred bucks for pipe, and then they're like the oh, like one hundred fives are like seven hundred dollars with the pipe now. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like five something for the motor, and then another two hundred for the pipe. Like, mm. so that's another thing. You can almost buy two fifty fives with pipes for a price of one one hundred five and a pipe. You know, almost. Obviously, the pipes will throw you over. But um. Yeah, but if but if you think about like what you spend on an ESC and a motor for a seven hundred size too, like mm-hmm. it's only a couple hundred dollars more. Yeah, and then but the, the the main thing that people will always you know go back to is the fuel cost, like and the fuel. Yeah, no matter what the fuel cost. But we kind um, of did a show on that. You got to yeah. buy batteries too, and yeah, yeah, and that's true. And then but the but what's killing it is these cheaper batteries that are actually working really well these days. You know, yeah. when we price a, a, a versus mm-hmm. like a nitro, like a gallon of nitro versus like a, you know, a $250 12S pack, you're like, wow, that's still a, you know, well, they're both expensive, right? But now think about a $50 gallon of nitro versus a $100 pack. Now you're like, damn, that nitro is really expensive versus that electric, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, like I said, nitro has something different that you will not know until you own a nitro and fly nitro. And it's part of part of the love hate, right? I think that's part of why you get so much joy out of a like when the helicopter flies. Great is because you hate when the helicopter does it, so you bitch at it. It's you know you're angry at it, and then when it does perform and does what you want it to do, and it freaking rocks and screaming in the air, and you're like, fuck, this was all worth it, like. You know, it's like that crazy yeah. hot girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's fucking crazy, but, you know, when that, that makeup sex, man, whew, you know, <laughs> it's all worth it for that alone, I guess, you know? <laughs> Anyways, all right. Any other things to talk about this, of owning a Nitro, as far as this particular aspect of it? No, I would love to hear Andy's thoughts on this. Mm. And of course we covered parts and maintenance on you know previous episodes but um i mean one would argue about that too with nitro versus electric just to kind of side converse about that um some would say nitros are more they like beat up on bearings and dampeners and things more just because of the additional vibration that they're putting everything through, right? 
your bolts, right, your right. hardware, everything goes through vibration. Like, you know, you're talking about bolts that are bolted into aluminum plates that eventually can strip out from vibration, right? Um, while electrics, you don't have that problem. So theoretically, the motor, you know, like your bearings, your tail bearings, your belts, your, you know, all your transmission bearings, like all that stuff should probably last longer, you know, with maintenance, with greasing, proper greasing and all that fun stuff. I don't know. That's that's food for thought, I guess. What do you all think? I think when you get down to it, probably, I don't know. It For me, I, I think at, at a certain point, I'm replacing those type of things anyway at an interval mm-hmm. or trying to. Um, and I haven't done, I haven't done that much actually. Like I remember the Oxy three, uh, flying that years, years and years and not replacing anything. And then being like, I don't know how this thing's still together. Like they were so <laughs> shot and I was still flying it, but I did, you know, and there's something to be said for changing that out because when I did change it out and I think when I changed out the 690 just recently, I was like, wow, it's actually, yeah feels different it definitely feels a lot better but it's, it's such yep. a gradual like slope you don't feel it going down mm-hmm. you know until you do get to the point where you're changing it yep yeah for me with bearings and everything um typically with like um i don't know i, I just run it until you know i start having a problem but I, here here as of like recently i've been you know getting a few spare parts just in case, you know, say if I have any type of, you know, catastrophic failure to where I had to like open it up, change bearings or change out a, you know, piston ring or anything like that. So I'll just go ahead and like, uh, if I have to order a ring, I typically order, you know, multiples just in case I break the ring as I'm putting it on, which I've had that happen a good few times. We all have. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely been there. I had to uh, rebuild two engines last year. One was the the NX4 after spring fling, and then of course the the OS50 I've got here on the bench. And you know, there's plenty of places here in the states to actually get parts. So it's like typically with uh, with nitro engines, there's you have a few avenues here in the States, but as far as like full on rebuild parts, like your Kong rod, your piston sleeve, whatever. I mean, you want to make it affordable. You have to go to RC Japan. Yeah. And then if you want to get the shipping to cut down, definitely you'll, you know, build up an order with uh, one of your flying buddies and, yeah. you know, get a just, to, just to split the shipping to make it affordable. Not only the shipping, also the 3% PayPal. I mean, I guess a 3% is a percentage, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget that you do have to pay a, a PayPal fee uh, for using PayPal with them because they don't want to cover the three percent. So ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot of maintenance to it. I will say uh, with the the black nitro I got, I bought it used, obviously, but just to narrow out any problems with the, you know with the bearings in that model, I don't know how long they were in there, but I just replaced out all the bearings on it. Just started fresh and. Tell you what, flying it this this past weekend, it feels like a brand new model. Awesome, yeah, man. Nice, dude. Um, kind of going back to what you're saying too, and, and you're also saying that, like, Kevin, I I I know with my M2 or my Logo 200, whatever you want to call it. Um, after a certain while, I'll go ahead and like 
do a full-on rebuild of that whole helicopter like all the the <laughs> the you know the motor plate and the you know servo plate and all of that, those plates like i'll replace all of it um basically replacing the whole airframe except for the electronics um because oh it gets so beat up um but i have a secret for that too i've crashed but my you don't, uh, you don't realize it as it's going oh yeah, yeah you don't realize it it's like a yeah, little thing here a little thing there yeah you know, and your next thing you know is you're like, oh, this is a little bit loose, or that's a little bit loose, and it's not, you know, things are getting stripped out, and you don't really notice it, and then you come and you do like a stop, and it's like, <laughs> it like wobbles after you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that wasn't there before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but what was I saying? Nah, but that helicopter, man, oh my god, it would, I would just beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it, and then like refresh it, and it just go over and over again. <laughs> It's great. Oh, jeez. I actually need to replace the main grips. I've, uh, yeah, I, I've, like, busted the main grip so much that the bearings inside have completely broken apart. Oh, wow. So, like, the the inner rate, the outer race is still stuck in there, and I can't get that out. So, I'm just like, I'm going to just buy new grips. So, i got to order some new grips for that. And probably the re- That's the reason why I haven't been flying uh, my M2 every day like I normally would. So, Hell yeah. Okay. I think that's it for the main topic. Let's uh, move on to Ian's right. tech tip. Ian's All right. tech tip. This week's tech tip. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got uh, one? Yeah. Oh, I was going to hit the fail button. Aww. You should hit the fail button on Andy. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, kidding. no. He, he's, you know, he has yeah. other engagements that he can't get out of, and that's fine. Absolutely. You know? and yeah. I salute you for that, Andy. Mm-hmm. All right. This week's tech tip, uh, as you may have heard on, you know, my, you know, what happened my weeks, um, I had a, uh, a blade grip arm come loose in flight. So, therefore, here I am at a fun fly doing. You know, some wrenching. Um, initially, what I did is I just inspected to make sure, you know, hey, was that the only thing that came loose? And, hey, did this do any damage with it flopping around at 2,300 RPM in a drag race at, like, 14 degrees pitch? Luckily, no. Um, lucky. You're so lucky. Dude, yeah. I'm lucky that damn thing was not confetti. Yeah. I mean, for granted, I've got another airframe I could swap shit over to, but... Who knows what would be left? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I went ahead and did, of course, you know, I have to take the blades off, have to loosen up the feathering shaft, of course, you know, unsnap any linkages attached. Uh, I went mm-hmm. ahead and looked over the the bearings, which those were replaced last year, so they're fine. Um, I did inspect each and individual bolt that I pulled out to be sure, hey. Was there any Loctite on it? And answer was yes. There was every bolt had Loctite on there. A lot of those bolts were put in when I first built the heli in 2019. So Loctite does get old, I imagine. Um, Do matter of fact, when, I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I, mean, I guess there's no other can. way to explain some, you know, that coming loose. Unless cheap Loctite, I've seen that happen. Cheap Loctite, uh, I've seen fail. Uh, I've used Red 263, like Loctite brand or Permatex. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't use no dollar store Loctite. Only 
Only what I find at the parts store or the hardware store. Um, so I went ahead, checked every single bolt involved. I, I even took out the the one on the other grip and re-loctited it. And pretty much what I would do is I would wet down a rag with uh, 99% rubbing alcohol and turn the bolt in that actual rag, you know, pinch the rag with the bolt and clean off the threads um, to get off any, you know, any type of residue, uh, you know, dried Loctite that was in previously. Uh, clean out the holes. It's also also very important. You don't want any residue in there. To Adhesion is key in, you know, applying Loctite, of course. Um, so pretty much had to go bolt by bolt, re-Loctiting, uh, pretty much... I started off at the blade grip arms, worked my way down to the following arms. Um, and, of course, once I got it all, you know, since I had it all apart, I went ahead and inspected the the bearings, you know, the thrust bearings anyway. They were fine. Um, of course, cleaned out any type of holes, any, any debris that might have been built up um, inside, like, the feathering shaft and then in the grips just to make sure that there's no problems down the road. Um, and just pretty much put it back, put it back together. Um, and when it came to the feathering shaft, I, I went ahead and used 263, made sure both the bolt and the actual threads going into the feathering shaft were all clear of any type of debris, any residue by using like a Q-tip and cleaning out the actual threads and, just crank that bitch down. Got it all back together, and of course, I followed up by uh, checking uh, using just a pitch gauge, make sure everything's good to go as far as uh, pitch on each blade, and I gave it a test run after that. So, um, and really, I didn't have to borrow any tools or anything like that. So I, I had my. Uh, just my basic, you know, 2.5, 3, and 4-millimeter drivers. Um, of course, all you really need is, um, you know, either one of those. Uh, I do believe I needed a 5 for taking the blades off and also had uh, the ball link pliers. That's really all it took. Blades are five, uh, are 4-millimeter. They're not 5. Are they 4? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I've got a separate L wrench for that one. Mm-hmm. A little more leverage. <laughs> you don't need that much leverage to for your oh, oh. well main blades for the feathering shaft. Oh, for that, yeah, you got to use. Shoot, I use right God. angle, right angle hex, you know. And I'm sitting there until my arms are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, I was on each side, just cranking that yeah, bitch down. I like. Um, I I know like Shaggy and Monty, they'll tell you, oh, it's a specific specified torque. Yeah, there's yeah, a torque like, spec, and there is, there really is, right? Because there was like there's a little bit of stretch that multiples get. Yeah. There's a torque spec that nobody ever follows, because <laughs> it's just crank on it, so you can't crank on it anymore. The, mm-hmm. I remember trying to get my 570 apart when I got it from Anthony. Man, I had to put the feathering shaft in in a spindle in a in a vice and like. Mm-hmm. I think take heat to it or something. There, it was really, really super difficult to get out. Like he had Loctited the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's oh, yeah. a glob locked tight on everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just buy the barrel and just dip the whole helicopter in it. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. No, and if you run across like one of those boats, say if you're in kind of the same situation, you just want to double check everything since you're already got it apart. If you run into one of those bolts that, you know, Loctite is extremely good on this bolt, uh, find some type of torch or, heat you know, well, say if you have access iron. to a soldering station, mm-hmm. add a little heat, that bitch is coming out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I have for a tech tip. I figured it was a good idea. I mean, of course, let me ask you. A I question. was having a few hecklers as I'm there wrenching. It's like, oh yeah. So what's what's this week's tech tip? And it's like, oh well, this is it. Uh, how to not explode your shit at 2300 RPM? Don't mess with me at a fun fly while I'm wrenching. Tech tip. <laughs> so blade upside your head. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Did you? How long did you wait before you flew the helicopter? Um, I waited probably about an hour. It was close to an hour because, um, do you know right what the cure time for Loctite is? I ended up flying the NX4. Do you know what the cure time for Loctite is? The full cure uh, time, not the setting time. I'm gonna say it's about 20 30 minutes. I think it's more like 24 hours. <laughs> is it really? I oh think, my god, I think so. <laughs> Well, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I could be mistaken, but I, I recall it being 24 hours. Oh, my God. Oops. Yeah. I mean, no, everyone does it. I, I, I do it. <laughs> I'll, like, lock tight the tail up. I've like, heard of you building. Yeah. I've heard of you building helis in, like, eight hours and then test flying them. So yeah. I know that yeah. I know that Loctite ain't cured yet. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I do this in the head bolt. <laughs> at the very least, I at least torqued it down enough. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Cool. Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. Let's do some news. And and you got to do announcements. You do announcements. I'm. I'll fill in the end part. I'm, you know. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, what do we got? Yeah. I don't know. What do we got? What's that guy's name? He does that. Like when people like try to do this thing, they're like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> like that's all you have to do. <laughs> Anyways, okay, what do we got? I see, I see nothing in news and announcements. I see a Facebook post. What is that? Oh, Facebook group post. Gooski. Yeah, Gooski. Gooski. Gooski looks like an M two. Goose guy, S two helicopter. Goose guy. Uh, who wants to get a yeah, bunch of goo? In the sky. In micro helicopters coming soon at Heli Direct. Direct drive, two piece canopy. Oh, yeah, it has like a raw type canopy. I've seen a picture of this. The mouth opens up like the raw. <laughs> it, is, it is such, I mean, okay. Oh, this, the canopy split in the front? It splits there? like a mouth. It opens up like a mouth. It opens up. And Dude. It, you know, it's like a fish. It can eat a battery. Before we even say anything more about these helicopters, the the comments are mainly about the freaking name. Who names Chris this thing? Yeah. is like, where did he get these names? And Jarrett Watson's like, who names these things? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I freaking love it. Like, they need to talk to someone like, I don't know, in America. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, 
it's lost in translation from China or Taiwan or Vietnam or wherever. It's lost in translation. This goose guy, it's like I don't know. It, I don't know what it is. Something in Taiwanese. And it's like I don't know. In America, it's like something. it's a goo, right? It's like you know slime yeah. or you know some goo that you don't want in the sky. I don't know. I mean, cool sky would have been even cool sky. Yeah, would have been fun sky. A little bit better, <laughs> like, fun sky. You know. <laughs> Real sky, I don't know any name. Yeah. Not goo. Goo is just sounds like yeah. <laughs> mm, goo. You got goo. Mm. Giggity. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, giggity. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Goosey. Right. <laughs> so wow. But it's a direct drive. It looks like a motor driven, right? Motor main, motor tail. It has. It looks like a split frame, like an M two. Like looking at that back rear spacer, it looks just like an M two. I, I I mean I don't know it, it it might not be an M2 clone or you know or it's like dude modeled off of like physical space for these things like it's whether they want to clone it or not it's like there's only so much you can do with like no, that much real estate for you know? sure but I mean right? like for the frame to look similar I don't know you know it, it could and you know what it could be OMP making this or whatever company makes OMP. They, they could just just said, here's the plans for this, or we'll build they, this for you. Aren't the OMPs, like, a lot cheaper than this? Like, these are, like, 400 bucks. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 379 Oh, no, the M2s, uh, I think it's around 350 Okay. Yeah, M2. Let's look that up real quick. I mean, it does have its own. It looks like it's... It's own Goose Guy motor and its own Goose Guy servos. <laughs> yeah, anyone can put any name on any servo, anything. Right? Uh, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it, it looks like a cross between an M2 and a and a logo, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> even is, one of the, the canopy schemes, it kind of does look like a logo <clears throat> with the, the yellow and red. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how it flies. You know, it might fly better than M2. It might not. Oh, sounds like a comparison here soon. You know, one one of the things that I'm noticing on the rotor head is it doesn't have a DFC rotor head. So this little 200 size, two whatever, 180, 200 size has following arms. God, what? those got to be tiny. And that means you have little tiny links to your main, you know, your fly yeah. links. I see what you mean? It seems a little bit more parts to break than an M2. What size is this thing? It's a 200 or 180, I think. It's, it's 180 size blades? Uh, let me double check here. I believe so. It looks, like I said, it's, it looks just like the uh, 193s. I'm watching a flight, oh my God, in the Goose Guy headquarters and everything in the background is like Chinese. Like they're flying it in the lobby. <laughs> and the pilot's pretty good. I mean, he's flipping it in the lobby, tight space, doing like pyro flips and stuff. Ah, uh, the servo layout is different than the M2. It's a more traditional 120 layout where all the servos are standing up. It looks very similar to an XL Power servo layout. Or, no, not an XL Power. Which one has a servo like that? 
Yeah. Damn, I don't know who's flying this in the lobby, but he's a damn good pilot. Like very, very good. He's flying it in like a ten by ten box, and he's nice. doing a lot of three D stuff. Yeah. Nice orientations, everything. Oh yeah, he's keeping it pretty smooth. Right. Mm-hmm. Inverted tail down funnel. Yeah, but you see what I mean? Everything's in Chinese in the background. <laughs> yeah, but I see now I've seen other helis guys fly like this in like conference rooms and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean man, he's doing pure TikToks though, man. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. I I wouldn't want to do that. Mm-mm. All right, we're gonna do a demo in the lobby. Don't hit the little building that we have the little mock-up building that we have on display that cost us like a hundred grand <laughs> <laughs> no in my luck i'd put it right through a damn window yeah so this is uh sam linked us in rc heli hangout which tells me uh yeah the hmm. heli direct is pushing this right yeah it is unavailable on heli direct yeah interesting. <clears throat> it's interesting because um you know the m2 then the local 200 and now this goose guy and also, what's that other one? There's another one. Um, there's another one that's like this size too. I forgot the name of it, but uh, I think Heli Director also sells them. But this dual motor, you know, fly rollers set up, little micro helis are, I mean, they can yeah. perform. I, I'm, you know, my M2 or the Neo, the Logo 200, like, there's, there's definitely some downfalls to it, but you can have a lot of fun with it, and you can do a lot of maneuvers on it, you know? It's a, I was impressed, man, yeah. when I flew those. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, I was, I was very impressed. I mean, I bet this will so, probably be good. So it's got the direct drive power system, two-piece canopy design. Like you said, it opens like a mouth. Yeah. Put the uh, battery in. It says mobile app compatible. I'm not sure what that means. That's probably some type of tuning thing, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, F-SHSS compatible. F-SHSS, yeah. Yeah. One piece lightweight. Landing gear, one piece CNC servo mount. Oh, that's one piece, that servo mount? Mm. Interesting. That's cool. Hmm. I wonder the durability of this helicopter versus the M2. I think that's going to be the true test. I think they both fly very similar. I think yeah. the the rotor head design being following arms is going to be a negative, I think, because they're small. These things are going to break, and you're going to have to replace those little arms, the little bearings that go on the arms and stuff. Like, ugh. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> the first thing to break when you have a crash is going to be that lower canopy piece that opens up like a mouth it just looks like mm-hmm. it snaps to the top piece and yeah. almost looks like hard plastic like that's gonna break quick yeah you know like it's like it's like you know a lot of those without it yeah right yeah i think plastic in any thickness of that size it's it's gonna get messed up one way or another yeah but, but that's cool I, I like seeing new stuff yeah me too pretty cool Oh yeah, I'd like to try when it out one, one day. Steve, they got. Let's see. The, I, I just seen a clock on the website. You know, when pre-order now arrival time twenty three days one hour fifty one <laughs> minutes wow, and forty five seconds. Second, huh? Oh yeah, 
Nah, I'm okay. I have so many parts for the the the, the M2 Neo or Logo 200. Except for main grips, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get those, it'll be fine. But I got plenty of booms, motors, spare servos, everything else. So, yeah. Goddamn main grips. Fact, so that's when he's going to get one. I need to put yeah. an order in. 23 days, one hour, 51 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. All, All right. right. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay, let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. Oh, what's next for you, Ian? Well, um, uh, kind of taking. Uh, I have a little uh, more free time this week, so did I throw uh, you with that? Question? Uh, no, um, I, I just don't know what to do with myself. I got a little bit more free time this week, so um, I'll be working on the black nitro to try to get down to why that tail servo quit on me so right now as it stands it still works on the bench so i'm going to try a couple different things tear the boom off take a look see if i can find the cause of the problem um i can actually get a couple flights in this week so i'll be doing some flying um i forgot to mention on my weeks i actually ordered something for my v control so Hopefully that shows up and maybe um, I ended up ordering a, um, well, some graphics to put on my V control. Um, Can't wait to try it out. Um, I've been wanting to get, you you see them all the time, you know, people, you know, get like the, the graphics and everything. And I wanted to kind of be standalone with what I got. Um, I ended up getting Pickle Rick to put on my uh, on my V control. Um, my V control is a nice. V control classic. It's like uh, transparent green, so I wanted something that was going to be able to match it because you know obviously the wraps don't go all the way around it. It's like you got to place them in like specific areas where that piece is like designed to be cut for. Uh, so yeah, I'm itching to get that in here and. Um, Hopefully, uh, have it all applied to my V control before next recording. Um, I think it's going to be badass, and when I get it, I'll I'll post it on uh, on Facebook, of course, because what I've got picked, I think, looks fucking badass. Um, I'm going to try to get some parts ordered for the 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 580 Nitro Kraken. Um, it still needs some linkages and stuff like that. You know, just little stupid stuff. That's the only thing snagging me up right now. Otherwise, I've got the engine mounted on it. Um, uh, servos are not yet mounted, obviously due to I need linkages. Um, and I'm hoping by next payday that one of the hobby shops has the the new. Uh, Kraken 580 scheme in stock because I did see a couple of those at the account uh, up in uh, Nebraska at the Funfly. I did see a couple of the new schemes and you know on on your phone it looks eh, it looks all right. In person that that red really pops. It looks nice. So like I'm fire. holding out for that one because I have seen the the actual stock canopy for um the the nitro kraken uh 580 and it does look pretty dark when you're flying out in the sun and everything it just it's just kind of a dark red 
and I even have trouble seeing it. So I think the new canopy scheme is going to work out great for that. Um, as far as this week, I think that's all I've got going other than, you know, just, just doing some wrenching and hopefully we're doing some wrenching on uh, the cars tomorrow. So. Okay. What about you, Steve? What are you going to be up to? Uh, so besides, you know, renovating my bathroom, Home Depoting oh, it up. Right. Um, <laughs> this, this Saturday, I plan on going to um, Jimmy's house. Uh, he's going to have a little cookout. So we're going to go and have a little um, get-together at Jimmy's in North Carolina. Jimmy Jones? <laughs> no, not Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Bullard, oh. but yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my friends here. Um, so, yeah, that should be fun. Go hang out. And then Sunday is, yeah, uh, work on the bathroom. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Um, what about you, Kevin? Well, also during the week, I stopped at Home Depot and I picked up some because foam tack is out of control, crazy, like expensive. Oh, now. right. Yeah. It's like twice as much what it used to be. And I remember back in the day, we talked about it last week, I think, or the week before that I went into Home Depot at one point and I bought some foam safe, like silicone stuff in a tube and it was mm-hmm. like six bucks. So I found that. This weekend in Home Depot, while I was in there getting some other things, and I want to fix um, my th- my extra three hundred that I bought used and abused. It kind of has a little piece of the wing separating, so I want to fix that before I fly that again. But uh, man, I want to get that going. The biplane flying uh, this weekend, and probably bring you know six ninety oxy five out to the field and. I got I to gotta sit down, though. Like I got to take some time, and whether I do it Friday night or Saturday morning, maybe, I got to take some time and, and go through the whole setup between the ESCs and the, and the, the, v, you know, the V-Control, the Classic. Because Bill, Bill Ann texted me you know, a couple weeks ago saying that Eric Smith Milk was able to get that going but between the Hobby Wing ESCs. Mm-hmm. He was able to get telemetry going. And it seems like both of my UI sensors are not working or partially working. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with those things. So I'd like to get rid of those. So I got. I got. I got to solder up some ends on the, the Maniac's batteries, man. Get them nice. in uh, in a pack and like ready to ready to slide in. Did you make the telemetry cable for your hobby wing? Because you have to make a cable, I think, or buy a cable. I got so many cables laying around. Yeah, I can easily make one. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what you need to get your telemetry set up. You need a cable. Yeah, and I think I have to update the ESC. Yeah, that and, is uh, well. mm-hmm. also. Yeah, but yeah, I have to. I definitely have to make the cable up. And Mike D, when he was out, he had that all set up um, with his. So um, yeah, so I know I know what's got to go where. You know, it's basically. I don't know. There's it comes off in two wires and goes to two other locations on the other end. One's a servo end, one's the micro, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yep. It's relatively easy to set up. Yeah. So yeah, so I'll definitely get that that going. But that's it for me, man. Maybe I'll make Discord. I doubt it though. It's Friday nights just man, it's so busy for me. I'd like oh, to yeah. get back into I'd like to get back into simming for a couple hours though. Shit, I need to get on the simulator again. Uh, get on it, man. Yeah, I will eventually, hopefully. I know um, if if I make it onto Discord this weekend, which I don't see why 
I wouldn't be able to, but I'll probably be on the mic just wrenching and watching TV. Ian Joel on the mic. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike. All right. What's up? What's next, Steve? We're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, um I think we should skip to do? wrap up this week. Just uh keep it short, keep it quick and easy for whoever's editing and uh and because you know Andy's not here, so Okay. Yeah. So no listener pipeline, no wrapping up. Yep. I don't even know if we got any. I, I don't check. know either. I haven't check? seen the almighty Mr. Shaw. He's um Obviously, he's not working anymore because he's retired, but, man, I'm wondering what he's up to. i got to give you guys an update. Yeah, um, right? I mean, did, he hasn't been around. What's going on? Yeah, so we did get a phone call from him, but uh, we can't play because usually Andy's the one that plays it. Yeah, I'm not going to bother downloading and loading it up. All so, that yeah, does. so next next week. Yeah, we'll do it next week. Yeah, we'll save it for Andy. You'll we'll see that. You'll hear that call soon, very soon. Yeah, very, very soon. And obviously, hey, guys, you know how Steve talks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could probably guess like what's in that message. It's probably going to be, you know, promising a couple models to be mm-hmm. built, followed mm-hmm. by a couple fuck off Andes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, boom. That's the that's the voicemail. I I could probably I like sum it up. Hey guys, Steve from sunny South Florida. Uh, (laughs) Retirement life is great down here at Treasure Coast. I've got a lot of time to do a lot of things and haven't done anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh Something like that. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I think that's perfect. Sounded just like him. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit deeper. You got to make your voice a little bit deeper, but yeah, that's good. All right. I guess uh, that's it then. Thanks to our listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. See ya. All right. Yeah, you launched. You had a pretty good launch. I but think he, you launched. You lost both, didn't you? Um, the second one looked like he got you too. <clears throat> yeah, that, I know tree? it was one of those passes I that I got. Let me see. And the third then one uh, when I went against Dave Hoskins, I won. <laughs> I Dave's the guy that helped me out with uh, R two for a while, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I actually got to see his. His is pretty damn good. Yeah, he weathered his with his kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did some custom stuff on that. I like what he did. It's hard to tell at the angle. Yeah, dude, I meant to tell you, if you see Dave, tell him thanks again for... Like, dude, I was bouncing questions off of him, and he was doing same same with me, but uh, just he was, he was a help for sure, just stupid questions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, his... He got done with like a, uh, he had taken it to some function and when I had seen it, I was passing by to, you know, pick up a couple things from him. 
and he had it apart on his bench. I don't remember what he was doing, but he had to do some work on it. But I mean, the thing is fucking huge. I mean, that's pretty good yeah. size. What is huge? Uh, his RTD two. Yeah, yeah, full size, yeah, right? It's full size, man. Yeah. The uh, yeah, he yeah he's, he's using the Xbox 360 controller, I think, instead oh, of the two PlayStation. The... Oh yeah, he's using ones. Yeah. One. That's the one I see yeah. most folks have, even at the Comic Con. I saw. Should we introduce Andy? Yeah. I think I have crickets here. Oh, yeah. There you go.